alarmed by emerging details of the National Security Agency's sweeping digital surveillance program, some Hoosier lawmakers would like to see the acronym NSA take on a different meaning in Indiana, something like no snooping allowed, unless that is there's probable cause to suspect wrongdoing and you've obtained a court-issued search warrant. It's a complicated and controversial subject one that has scrambled the partisan and ideological battle lines that often define the debates over a lot of other issues. Here to weigh in on the topic are Republican Senator Brent Waltz of Greenwood, the author of legislation designed to curb warrantless data searches, Republican Representative Eric Cook of Bedford, who's behind a similar push to control the use of drones and electronic surveillance equipment, David Powell, Executive Director of the Indiana Prosecuting Attorneys Council, and former Democratic State Representative David Orentlicker, a constitutional scholar at Indiana University's Robert McKinney School of Law in Indianapolis. Thank you all for being here. Let me uh, ask you this. Which is a bigger threat to Hoosiers right now? Is it the bad guys, whoever they might be, or the good guys who are using what some would say are intrusive tools to ferret out the bad guys and protect us? I think it's always been a balance in our nation's history, uh, trying to strike that balance between liberty and, and security. I think Benjamin Franklin once said that those who are willing to give up liberty for security uh, deserve neither and frequently will get neither. And I think we have to strike that balance. Uh, during periods of time where our nation has been threatened, uh, Pearl Harbor with World War II, 9-11, I believe our country goes towards focusing on security, and it should. But in the 13 years since the attacks, of the Twin Towers, it might make sense for us to move back towards liberty and freedom. Is it more the pendulum swinging back and forth or the emergence of this new technology or is it the convergence of the, I think the two? A, I think it's a combination of, of that. I remember about a decade ago when people were talking about drone technology, uh, they said, oh, it'll be decades before the technology becomes cheap enough to be used by local law enforcement. Within less than 10 years, uh, it's within the technological and financial reach of just about every law enforcement agency uh, in the state and the country. Uh, a lot of technology involving the Stingray devices, which can take information from your cell phone without attaching to it up to half a mile away. Uh, it's a pretty big technological gap that's existing, and okay. we need to be able to bridge that through proper legislation. The good old days when Stingray referred to a car, I guess, uh, <laughs> the halcyon days of old. Representative, what's your take on the, the status of, of these types of uh, technological advancements? Again, I guess advancements is in the eye of the beholder Well, here. John, I think it's important to keep in mind that the technology itself is neutral. There are wonderful uses of, of drone technology, for example. It's used now in agriculture. It's used in life-saving missions. It's used in um, circumstances that I think any one of us would agree it's appropriate, a hostage situation or, or, or a missing person. So the technology itself is neutral. And we're just dealing with um, circumstances that when our founders wrote the Fourth Amendment, they, they would have had no way to know would evolve. And um, so what we did with House Bill 1009 is uh, try to strike that balance between public safety and those zones of privacy, which we have all uh, come to be uh, accept and become accustomed to. And that happens to be the bill that you authored, and we will we'll devote a good uh, portion of this discussion to, to that specific bill as well. I, let me continue around if I could, and, and David, let me ask you, the, uh, the Indiana, since what, prosecutors in the, in the state have been putting people behind bars at a pretty good clip since 1816. Uh, why, why do they need these new tools now? Well, to me, it's a Fourth Amendment issue. Uh, 
we have a, most of us understand the Fourth Amendment and the expectation of privacy that's certainly always applied to the home and to a limited extent to a vehicle. Typically in open fields uh, where anybody could look in, there's not been an expectation of privacy. And, and, and cur under current law, uh, if, uh, if we want to search an area where there's an expectation of privacy, there are very strict rules you have to follow. What we want to make sure is that if legislation passes, it does not increase the barriers and rules, making it more difficult for public safety officials, law enforcement officers, to do their job and easier for bad guys, who, by the way, don't ever follow the rules, to use these technologies and gain an advantage. Uh, and that's the delicate balance. And, and, of course, as technology evolves, the expectation of privacy is varied among individuals. So, you know, maybe the youth has a lower level of expectation of privacy as to an electronic device, whereas you or I may have a stronger expectation of privacy. Well, that's they put all the incriminating evidence right there on their Facebook accounts right. or, and, and, or and that their happens, Twitter accounts. That happens every day, and there are applications available to the public every day where they can access uh, these technology devices. When we sign up for a smartphone or we sign up for an app, we often waive, uh, without reading the language, our expectation of privacy. And so uh, it's, it is evolving. It's difficult. It's an interesting discussion. It's one we're going to have for an extended period of time, and certainly these bills uh, bring it to the forefront, and it's a discussion we need to have, but we have to be careful not to shut the door to public safety, uh, who has a legitimate purpose in using it. And, and oh, by the way, there, I'm not aware of any abuses uh, by public safety currently, so we don't have a crisis. Certainly in Indiana in, or in, else? Well, in, Indi I, in Indiana. Well, uh, I'm I guessing I can only speak Senator to Waltz, and he, I'm sure he'll address this, or have seen uh, some instances, perhaps in other states, where there have been problems, or at least questions. Indeed. Yeah, but uh, so, so. Now we're hopefully getting ahead of the issue and discussing it, and it's certainly a debate we, we need to have. Well, several, several of you, of course, have mentioned uh, uh, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Fourth Amendment, the Founding Fathers. We're blessed by having a constitutional scholar in our midst. That's, that's, that's a pretty high grade, uh, pay grade right there. What did the Founding Fathers, what would, I can't, it's a rhetorical question, I suppose, or hypothetical question, but what would they think of all this? Well, if you read the Supreme Court's opinion on the case where the police attached a GPS device to somebody's motor vehicle and tried to track them, the Justice Scalia's opinion for the court said the framers would be appalled, and, and this is the kind of invasion of privacy that they would have rejected. So, um, so we're, it, we, the legislature is right to do this. And, and the other important thing that we have here that we didn't have at the national level, and that's so important, is that we're having the public debate. What the framers also said, we, we have all these safeguards in our Constitution, the Bill of Rights, but our chief safeguard against government overreaching is the accountability to the public, that we get to vote on our elected officials, and, that, and, and having this debate in the public forum so that the public can weigh in now in advance instead of what happened at the national level, all these surveillance programs were, were revealed without any public input, and it was a disaster. And, and I think what, hap what may happen as a result is sometimes you, you, you might lose some of the legitimate surveillance. Indiana's doing it right. Our, our legislatures are saying, let's, as David said, let's get ahead of this. Let's talk about it now. With, with a lot of these things that aren't even being used now, let's think about it. Let's have the public involved. And let's, because really, in the end, it's a government of the people, and, and the people should be able to draw this balance. And, and that's a point uh, that I think you were making also on a recent blog post uh, where you were talking about Edward Snowden and the debate over parole or uh, whether he should be pardoned, not paroled. He hasn't been convicted, but uh, pardoned. And you made the point that he's contributed to the 
to the debate or by right. and exactly we wouldn't have had this debate we wouldn't have had the public to be able to decide and the voters and the citizens of the United States should be able to say here's how we want to draw that balance between liberty and security all right well let's talk about some of those specific pieces of legislation whereby you have sought to balance uh, that to to thread the needle as I think you may have been quoted as, as saying at one point representative Senator, your bill, SB 64, you're looking at the aforementioned Stingray technology and the retrieval and search of electronic data. Critical issue. Indeed. In your mind. Uh, one of the things, I started looking at this research, uh, started researching about four years ago, and I was really surprised that the protections that are afforded to a person's papers. So if you have a paper address book, uh, you have to have a search warrant. Uh, if law enforcement is going to look at that, whether it's in your car, whether it's in your home, unless there's probable cause or exigent circumstances otherwise. But with your iPhone or your tablet, that protection does not exist. Uh, we have reports from the Miami-Dade Sheriff's Department during a World Trade Organization protest. Uh, they used one of these stingrays to get hundreds of phone numbers of people who were protesting. So this isn't going on in Kiev. This isn't going on uh, in Syria. This is going on in Florida. Uh, we had a circumstance where they used similar technology to track down a confidential source uh, within a sheriff's department that was giving information to a newspaper. Um, that's in Indiana, and that person was fired. Devil's advocate, if I may, uh, it's a time-honored tradition at protests, or has been in the past, for law enforcement officials to go down the streets or parking lots and write down license plate numbers readily uh, available and visible. Why is, why is this more problematic than that? That's more problematic to me because this technology also enables them to get their contact lists, what websites they've gone on to, their emails, their texts, their phone numbers, who they've been in communication with. Uh, that is certainly a lot more than walking by a person's uh, 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 car and taking some, uh, some numbers down uh, from their license plate. Representative, uh, again, your bill, we'll talk about it as well, is, a, is even broader, but uh, you uh, agree with what uh, your colleague in the other chamber has said here as it relates to electronic eavesdropping, if, if I can use that term? Well, well, you're right, John. We've not seen these kind of abuses here in Indiana, and I'm really proud to say that in working on House Bill 1009, we took a collaborative approach with law enforcement. I wanted to understand the technologies they're using how they're using it, when they're using it, and why they're using it. So, so I talked with um, law enforcement officers doing things like search and rescue, criminal intel, uh, child predators on the internet, the men and women on the street, and I had to develop that understanding, you know, to, to write a bill that as we're defining these zones of privacy that might be over and above the Fourth Amendment. You know, David, Fourth Amendment, as you would agree, is just a floor. It's not a ceiling. So in some of these cases, we're taking the floor provided by the Fourth Amendment and building upon that. And um, so I can tell you, John, I mean, um, the public should know that there are circumstances where lives have been saved by some of this technology. And, and Senator Waltz mentioned them as exigent circumstances and, and probable cause. Uh, we all agree that there's appropriate times that this should be used. And so this discussion we're having right now in the General Assembly just mirrors the conversations going on at kitchen tables and coffee shops back in our districts. And it's, it's been going on for several years now. And as, as uh, my former colleague uh, David said, I think it's great that we can proactive and be proactive and be transparent about this here in the state of Indiana. And, and let me ask you, is it going on, this conversation that we're having here and that you have on the floor of the House and in, in committee uh, rooms, is it really going on or 
Do you think that this is this resonating with, with your constituency and with Hoosiers? You know, John, almost every Saturday I'm doing town meetings and I talk about this issue, and it's one of the few issues where every head in the room starts nodding. Uh, it is not a partisan They're issue. They're not falling asleep on you, are I, sure, I sure hope not. Okay. Um, but uh, boy, it, it's not a partisan issue. It's not a liberal conservative issue. In fact, my co-author, uh, Representative Matt Pierce of Bloomington, uh, he's probably on the left side of the spectrum. I'm on the right. Matt's fond of saying this is an issue where the Tea Party and the ACLU reach around and shake hands. Um, so I've seen it in the district. It's going on in our homes. All of us who have children have had conversations about technology and, and what they're voluntarily revealing uh, through their social media. So I think this is just uh, reflect what's going on throughout our state. David Powell, you've, you've heard uh, Representative Cook say that he has sought input from he law has. enforcement. Is your organization and our yeah, prosecutors across the state comfortable with, with the legislation as it stands now? Uh, I can say we are. It's much improved than when it started. One of our original concerns was, as you know, we had the Super Bowl here recently, and there were cameras posted downtown in the public areas for law enforcement to monitor the crowds. When the bill originally came out, it would have outlawed that. Uh, that's been fixed. And so we, we want to make sure those really important public safety tools, Indianapolis 500, the mini marathon, that we can have public surveillance of those areas in case there is a real problem, you know, like happened in Boston. The other thing is we want the ability when we have a missing child or a missing person, this technology creates a significant advantage to public safety, law enforcement, to search broad areas that human beings can't see to find those children. We don't want to lose those resources, and I don't think anybody who's got a missing child would not want that to be used to help find that child. Also, if we had really high crime areas, zip codes with high crime areas, burglaries that we couldn't solve, which is a real problem, we might be able to get permission to monitor that neighborhood to see if we can figure out who is breaking into those homes and then get search warrants uh, to go forward on those cases. So. Uh, we did need he do that, go under this? He couldn't, it would have to be a search warrant, right, under your bill? Well, did he do the, the fishing expedition? No, I mean, we, our bill thinks in terms of a search warrant, uh, consent of, of a victim, such as a, a case of stalking or, or poaching, and exigent circumstances. And, and, you know, we, again, in collaboration with law enforcement, we thought through these different scenarios, and I think have carved out um, things that all of us would agree are reasonable. And this is the classic debate, um, where they said the... There's technology that exists today and will probably increase over the next three to five years that a drone would be able to go over a high crime area. And again, we can argue about what exactly is a high crime area. Uh, and it just circle around and take photographs every few seconds of people. Now for the burglar that's walking from his house to a neighbor's house to break in the window, take the stuff out and go back, that would be a wonderful tool. But what about a private citizen walking down the street, going to his neighbor's house, going to his friend's house? That also would be captured in the technology. So the question then becomes, how much intrusion do we as Americans want for our security? And that's an ongoing scale, as we talked about, depending upon what's going on. Is it a high crime area? Is it right after 9-11? Is it after Pearl Harbor? But this is a debate that we've been having for generations, and I hope we'll be having this debate for generations to come. You know, you mentioned the drones, and so we should point out the House bill that I promised we would get to does deal with drones and, and GPS trackers and, and the electronic eavesdropping. It's a, it's a broad package, so, uh, and, and yet, uh, despite its scope, it has sailed through, sailed out of the House, what, 85 to 11? Mm -hmm. uh, your bill was, came out of the Senate, I think, 45 40, to 3. Five to three. Mm -hmm. This is very lopsided. It, uh, David, I, uh, you're, the, you're a former state rep. You're the one Democrat here. 
the people in the House, for instance, who voted against uh, Representative Koch's bill were all Democrats, but I couldn't even figure out, they're not from a faction of the Democratic Party because you had people all over the map. I know you agree with this, but what do people? What would be the reservation if you if you had to uh, argue your case? No, it is interesting because you would think this is the kind of bill that Democrats would like to put limits on law enforcement to make sure they have search warrants and and that they don't have free reign to follow us and and tape us and pry into our private matters and. So, so it is interesting, and so it defies explanation, it, yeah, perhaps. It defies explanation, and you know, you could imagine that this could be viewed as sort of a pushback against the Obama administration, and, and Democrats may not want to be giving that kind of a message. Um, but yeah, the, you know, it's as I said, it's important to do this. You, you could imagine from the law enforcement. Let's take. A simple example, there's no problem with having a policeman sit at a corner and keep an eye on things, that everybody would be comfortable with that. Um, but what's different about this is the policeman doesn't record it, put it in a database that people could then come back and look at, and it's one thing to use it to, as, as Senator Walt said, we want to catch the bad guys, but um, lots of people are going to, you know, the idea that my daily patterns of behavior are going to be taped and now put into a government database that I can go back, just like, I mean, that's the problem with the, the national level. Um, and, and of course, the legislation, as I understand it, uh, if both yours and yours, uh, uh, really focuses, of course, on Indiana law enforcement agencies. Really, I mean, and this is a talk about an age-old constitutional question, uh, state versus federal authority. If, if the FBI or DEA wanted to send a drone over a Hoosier farm field, um, there's nothing in this bill that would prevent that, right? I would know nothing that we could do constitutionally uh, that would prevent that from happening. And in fact, there was a bill, uh, Senator Mike Delft uh, proposed, that in addition to making it a felony to chronicle these sorts of activities in, in the settings you described, would make it a... Uh, you know, it'd be a felony, and, and he also said that uh, state agencies under that bill would not cooperate with the federal government, which, again, is a can of worms. I guess it's another issue. But are you troubled that he, you may have uh, these these great rules in effect for Hoosier law enforcement agencies, but what's to keep well, any number of other agencies from coming in? And, yeah, and, and John, I think you're going to see uh, in the next year or two the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, weighing in on drones because you get so many up there, and then it be issues arise with air traffic. So I think to some extent the federal government is going to exercise its prerogative and, uh, and issue some rules you know, regarding that at least. And, and that, I think that would be appropriate. You know, and one of you, I think, uh, Representative, you had said that this is not, regardless of what happens, if this bill is, gets to the governor's desk and is signed, this is only the beginning because I guess this is, maybe we should almost have a standing committee just well, devoted to uh, fine-tuning this legislation We do year. indeed have a study committee in the bill. Uh, we we articulate several areas and then kind of an open-ended charge because we realize this is going to be an ongoing issue. This is perhaps the beginning rather than the end of this conversation as technology evolves and our, and our uh, privacy expectations evolve one way or another. Um, there uh, will be a summer study committee taking a look at all of that on a longer-term basis. Well, that discussion will go on, but unfortunately, people who are sitting in the control room watching us on screens are giving us a signal that we have to conclude 
at least this portion of the discussion, but I do hope it continues uh, in the State House and beyond. Again, my guests have been Republican Senator Brent Waltz of Greenwood, Republican Representative Eric Cook of Bedford, David Powell, Executive Director of the Indiana Prosecuting Attorneys Council, and former Democratic State Representative David Orentlicker, a law professor at Indiana University at Indianapolis.